celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And welcome, my friend. Uh, we have an incredible show today. Actress Silva Kelligan. Kelligan. Is that how you say it? Kelligan. Kelligan. She, I know she was on uh, Cold Case, uh, Desperate Housewife. She was on Desperate Housewife. She was in Spider-Man. And she has turned her life into a uh, zoo, pretty much, <laughs> as we have. We've devoted him to the animals, and she's now gone in and rescued a bunch of animals and has written about it in a book called God Spelled Backwards. And she happens to be our hero of the week. So we'll uh, talk to her in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. Also on the show, Becker is back. Dr. Marty Becker. And what, what's on his mind today? Do you know? Tips on how to keep the weight off your pets in the winter because they're just not as active. Oh, yeah. And then if they're not as active, they get bored. So he's going to have some boredom-busting tips, too, to keep Bo- our... Boredom-busting tips? Yeah. Uh, Tammy, what are you working on in the newsroom? I have got the most incredible tale of survival. It involves a cat and a move. And you will not believe it. I always love these kinds of stories. What about you, Joey? What are you talking about today? Well, I'm going to talk about why this time of the year may be the best time to de-shed your pet. In just a few minutes, if you haven't been following this in the news, the Pope sort of made a faux pas. Have you guys been following this? Yeah, I've seen some stuff on that. Yeah. He Uh apparently alluded to pets maybe having souls and going to heaven. Mm -hmm. But the Catholic Church is standing behind that saying, no, he didn't say that. No, 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 no. So we'll talk about that in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. Hi, who's this? I have no idea who this is. The monitor is not working. Who is this? This is Mike from Colorado. Hey, Mike from Colorado. How are you doing? Doing okay. What's up with your uh, animals? Well, last year when we had some uh, snow and ice, used some rock salt. Threw it down on the sidewalk here just so it would get rid of the ice quicker. And I have two little dogs, and when they walked out through it, um, they both started crying. Um, from walking on it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've never really had to deal with that in the snow and ice before and was not sure what to do with them. Um, you know, we try to clean their paws up as best we could. I'm just wondering if that's something that shouldn't be used around animals or if there's something different to use that won't hurt them. Yeah, so that is a, it's a great thing this time of year to talk about. And there are definitely some various different products out there for um, de-icing. Um, you know, the old-fashioned salt, as we know, it, it isn't always salt. Sometimes it's actually magnesium chloride. But irregardless, it can cause irritation to the surfaces of the feet. So um, with any of those de-icers, you know, it is something to watch. If your pet is having sensitivities, um, you know, using booties might be one alternative. Um, there are also some other products. I think it's called Safe pad that you actually apply um, to the foot and it helps to kind of give them a little bit of a barrier as well. Um, but as far as, you know, it's an important thing because, you know, a lot of dogs, you know, if you've got dogs like me, um, you know, what what's on their feet is in their mouth. So you do have to watch that. So if they were to ingest larger amounts of the salt material, that can actually cause some, some illness and, and uh, you know, lead to problems like vomiting, uh, weakness, even seizures in some situations. So, um, you know, I think that is something very uh, to look at and to see what you're using. Is this in your own yard or it, it was on a, like a public area? No, it's my own sidewalk. Yeah. So I would look at the product and uh, you know, see what what's actually what's in there. But there are some um, you know other alternatives that you can look at. 
Good. Okay, great. Thank you. Joey, you were talking last week about putting, uh, what, uh, bag bomb or utter bomb or something on their, their well, feet. Well, so that's going to help keep their pads from, from, from cracking, and it's going to make... It's going to definitely make a barrier, but the other thing that you got to watch out if you put too much on, it stick, it'll stick to it and, oh. and it'll bring it in. But they definitely make, um, you know, um, pet safe, um, ice melters, um, that, that you can get in, in, in a lot of the, um, the big chain, um, pet stores that I know of. Um, I've seen them before. I mean, they are a little bit more costly, but I mean, if, if the dog is going out and, and it, they're having that sort of reaction to it, I mean, I think it's a little bit more than just salt and that. It's, I think it's, Something that's probably more chemical based. Well, good luck with that, Mike. Stay uh, warm in there, Colorado, where it is blustery cold. I moved from Colorado as a youngster. That's where I was raised. I just don't like the snow very much. <laughs> you guys don't know what blustery cold is until you go to the Northeast. And oh, like where you live used in, to live in New York and New Jersey in, 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 in the winter. Colorado <laughs> is, is a godsend um, <laughs> compared to that. Hey, Bob. Hi, how are you? Good. Where are you calling from today? Paris, Florida. Paris, Florida. Not familiar with it. What side of Florida? Sounds exotic. Have you ever been there, Dr. Debbie? <laughs> no, but I, I like the sound of it. <laughs> I do too. So what's going on? Uh, I'm right outside Tampa. Uh, my beagle is five years old, and he has renal failure. And uh, oh. I learned that that's how you find out after they have it to a certain degree. It doesn't mm-hmm. really show or have a lot of symptoms, but after a lot of diagnosing and uh, running back and forth and paying vet bills, I finally went up to uh, went back up to New York and got his old holistic doctor, and he's doing a lot better with the with the Chinese herbs and stuff. But I mm-hmm. wanted what really got me was how does it progress so fast without even giving any signs? Well, I, you know, the, I'm sorry to hear that kidney, kidney disease in such a young dog. It's I mean that's so upsetting. And, and the big question is if we can determine if there's a cause for the kidney disease. And that's there can be pets that are born with a tendency to have you know bad kidneys. So if if he was a human, we'd be talking about kidney transplants when we get to a certain point. But I guess what's kind of curious, and I don't know the full details of your baby's situation, but in some cases kidney failure can be brought on suddenly or it can be chronic. So those sudden causes can be things that are toxins like uh, antifreeze, raisins, grapes, um, household uh, pain relievers, and there could be things even like infections. And being in a moist environment, one of the things we look at is a disease called leptospirosis that can cause kidney failure in dogs. So all of those things kind of fit in there that um, if we don't know the cause, it can be really hard to say, okay, how long has this been present? What's going to be our long-term turnaround? There are pets that have chronic, just gradual loss of kidney function, and those are the ones where you're correct. The kidneys are just kind of dying slowly, and we don't know it. And it's not until 75% of the functional kidney is actually gone that it'll actually show up on a veterinarian's blood work. So that's that's pretty horrible, actually, because a lot of progress of the disease can occur before we even have any clue about that. So things we definitely watch for with kidney disease are drinking a lot, urinating a lot, um, losing weight, vomiting, or loss of appetite. Some of those type of signs might be some earlier things that we'd look for um, that could tell us that there's something wrong. Um, so, uh, you know, and again, I don't know all the situation with your baby as far as what's uh, what potentially is the cause, but it, it isn't uncommon to have kidney disease kind of gradually come up. And then once it hits its point, it's almost like a teeter-totter. It's a tipping zone, and once it's there, we know it's there, and it's in full force. Um, and that's when the signs become very apparent. Uh, so how is your baby doing right now? 
since I got them on the uh, the Chinese herbs from up from New York, from New York, he nails it down. And I cook his dinner for him. He cooks. Uh, we give him a lot of raw vegetables and stuff, and organic mm-hmm. chicken mixed in with crushed bone and all that. He's doing fantastic. But Good. The holistic doctor said that it was the antibiotic that finished him off. It was. Mm. It was. It was in progression, but it okay. was the antibiotic when a dog bit him. And I had to get him, um, a, I don't know, a tetanus shot, I guess, or, or something for a dog, uh, antibiotic. And he said mm. that was the final thing that did him in. He just couldn't take an antibiotic at that point. Yeah, and I'm not sure exactly what he's referring to, but there are some antibiotics that do have um, a problem where they can be, cause some trouble to the kidneys. They're not real commonly used for routine infections, so I'm not sure, you know, what your vet used, but, um, you know, if if a pet has borderline kidney disease and we introduce any medicine, it may not be um, tolerated well because the kidneys already are not filtering well, um, and it can kind of tip them over the edge. So I'm glad to hear your baby is doing well and, and certainly keep up all the efforts. I'm a fan of if it works and we can track those blood values and we see improvement on both the blood values and in the pets, the way they're feeling, then I'm a fan. Um, so I, I'm a little skeptical, but yeah, um, but I don't sneeze at uh, those therapies that do show some good good results. So best wishes to you there, Bob, and give your, your baby a pat on the head from us at Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Some women call men snakes. Others just marry a snake. That's what recently happened in India. A woman fell in love with a snake and married him. Bimbala Das and the snake were wed in a traditional Hindu ceremony attended by 2,000 guests. Bimbala wore a beautiful sari and the snake, who was just wearing his current skin, was afraid to come out of the nearby anthill where he lives. An ornamental brass snake stood in for the shy groom. The bride explained that she and the snake, which happens to be a poisonous cobra, have a special kind of communication. Villagers welcomed the wedding, believing it would bring good luck. I'm glad they left out the you-can-kiss-the-bride part. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. a fat cat or a fat dog yeah if you're a little bit over the weight tipping the scales there's a good chance that your dogs are also why do you look at me like that Hal? i'm just Wait saying a minute here. well if they're not getting the activity then maybe you're not getting the activity it's I sometimes it. these things hmm. go hand in hand is all i'm saying ladies mm-hmm. not impl- mm-hmm. both ladies. of you look spectacular i must say right now Thank you. Digging out of your hole. Well, yeah. yeah. Joey yeah. and myself, we have unfortunately gone the dark direction over the holidays and uh, just put on a few pounds here, but we'll get it. We'll start our diet in the new year. Yeah, after the first of the year. That's yeah. the best time. Just a couple to start of days away. Yeah, I'm so. not, I'm yeah. not, I'm not, um, I'm not planning on that right now. You know, <laughs> I'm going to wait. That's not I'm your resolution. <laughs> no, no. So you're wondering, the reason I even bring it up is because Dr. Marty Becker is going to be on the show in just a couple of minutes and he's going to. 
talking about keeping your pet's weight off during the winter. Will that help me too? Well, maybe we can make a New Year's resolution for our pets instead of us. Easier to keep. <laughs> yeah. Tammy, what are you working so hard on in the newsroom over there? Well, if you've been wondering what airline should you fly with your Falcon, I now have the perfect airline for you. Finally, I've been asking that question Finally. forever. Yes. I didn't Everyone realize, has. Yes. Didn't realize there was a need for that. How would you like to get a free smartphone? If you own a smartphone, listen to this incredible offer that's almost too good to be true. Right now, you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as $2 a day. Guaranteed for life. Plus, get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline now and we'll move your number from your existing service. Think of your savings. So don't wait. Switch your plan, save money, plus get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline line right now we guarantee you're gonna love our service if you don't like what we say you can hang up on us but you won't right now you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as two dollars a day guaranteed for life call the free smartphone hotline right now 800-475-3351 800-475-3351 that's 800-475-3351 Hi, this is Ed Begley Jr. on Animal Radio. Live green is best for you, your family, and that includes your pets. Who let the dogs out? Alan Cable, hi. After a minute, we'll take his cone off. I don't know, I might start biting my tail. Here comes your dog watch. They've got all kinds of dogs down there at the shelter. Fixed, um, hips removed. But then it happened, something Barbara had never seen before. Saw his picture, so I said, sure, we'll take him. Adam the dog has got a strange problem. Took him in for blood test. Guess what? Adam the dog has allergies. But guess what he's allergic to? Humans. Now there's a new one. A dog that's allergic to people. Seriously? Uh- I know. Barbara was speechless, too. I didn't believe her at first. I thought she was kidding. She said, no, just like we can be allergic to dogs, he is allergic to human dander. Guess what? Adam's going to get allergy shots just like people do. The vet seems to think we can fix him. And he starts on allergy shots this week. This is Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now. Download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Fear Free Happy Homes. Don't forget you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Happy Homes. Helping your pets live their happiest, healthiest, fullest lives at home, at the vet, and everywhere in between. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. And thanks, Fear Free, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Hi. Hi, Doc. Um, I have a couple of questions. Uh, um, I have a 12-year-old Labrador that's okay. uh, experiencing some... Well, been diagnosed with uh, some elbow arthritis, and and he's been getting real wobbly walking. Okay. So, so the slightest little divot in the grass, he'll you know he could literally almost fall over. Okay, and, is that on the front end or the back end or both? Well, the elbows have seem to be the the limping, you know, the pain. The rear legs don't seem to be painful; they just seem to be loose, you know, wobbly. You know, he's not okay. pretty stable on them. And, and short walks are about that all he can do now. So I've tried, uh, I've tried a little Rimadyl, had no effect. 
I tried the Medicam. I didn't see anything either. Um, I've been giving them, you know, an aspirin or so every other day. That seems to be the, about the best. And then I've been giving them the liquid glucosamine, chondroitin, you know, uh, high potency in his, in his dry food. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm just worried that, you know, he, um, he's in pain. I, I, don't, I don't know how to tell yeah, and that's a, a great question because it is hard to tell with osteoarthritis when a pet's in pain because a lot of the, the gradual signs kind of mimic that of just getting old. And it's very easy to just say, oh, well, he's just, you know, getting old. That's why he's doing that. But, um, you know, if we're noticing that he's having trouble getting up and down from a lying position, um, if he does have some muscle loss or unsteadiness in the back legs, that can be associated with arthritis. But there can be some other causes there. So if he seems wobbly, um, I would look for explaining this by arthritis, but there still could be some other spinal disease or other neurologic things that could be going on causing an unsteadiness in the back end. So um, we might have some success with some pain management, but um, I kind of want to keep my eyes open that we're not missing anything else that's more than just um, arthritis here. Um, so you mentioned a couple of the good non-steroidal pain remedies that we use, Rimadyl, Medicam. I don't use aspirin anymore. It's got such a long withdrawal time and causes GI ulceration for animals. So if those prescription ones didn't do the job, mm, you know, we can tr- look at doing some different things. Um, I've never tried and- the Anaquin uh, yet, though. I, I heard uh, this morning on the radio, I heard a lady using her, she recommended to use Anaquin. That was another one, I guess. Oh, the Adequan. Yes, yes. Adequan. And that that was actually one of the things I was going to mention, because even like the liquid glucosamine, great thing to try. Um, I have tried recently a product that has not just glucosamine, but also has um, avocado extracts. Um, it goes by a brand name called Dasequin, and they come in little chews. And I had some good success with some patients on that that have been on glucosamine. And we just haven't seen quite enough uh, results. But that, that is something you check with your veterinarian for. you. I don't think you'll find that in the general market. Is, is um, but the yes. Dasequin a uh, prescription? It's not necessarily a prescription, but it's just a veterinary line. It's a nutraceutical, so it's a, a kind of a, uh, a supplement, but it's kind of in the food form. Um, but it is, a, like I said, it's usually a veterinary brand, so it's just not sold at Costco or, you know, at the pet stores. Um, and then, yes, the Adequan, which can be very helpful to help keep that joint healthy, helps to prevent uh, enzyme degradation in the joint. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, we have to give it by injection. That's the only thing that kind of puts some people off. Um, but I've actually trained many of my clients to give these injections at home. And once we get through that initial period of twice a week for several weeks, you know, they may give a shot once a month or every couple months, and it can kind of help um, give them a little more get up and go and comfort when we're talking talking about dealing with this chronic um, painful condition. So, yeah, I wouldn't hesitate to look at that. And for many people, we'll also look at fish oils. Um, And just like people who have heart disease and arthritis, um, you know, it has some benefits about decreasing inflammation in the body. And for animals, we can use that as well in that same way. Um, So that's another alternative. I have been giving him fish oil, the omega, you know, fish oil, the high-potency ones with his food. Are those anaquin injections, are they done in the in the area of the pain or are they just done, you know, you know, in the loose part of the skin? 
Good question. They're just given anywhere in the loose skin. Um, and we used to have to give this in an intramuscular injection, which meant the veterinarian had to do that. But yeah, anywhere we can give a subcutaneous injection on the back, on the hip area, um, anywhere up through the, the back area, um, we can give that. And um, it's really easy to do, and most pets take to it very well. So yeah, that might be a, something if you're comfortable with a needle thing and you're not a little needle shy. I, I look into that. Mike, we appreciate your call today. I know you're a new listener in Los Angeles. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Brandon McMillan on Animal Radio, and be sure to adopt and not shop. How would you like to get a free smartphone? If you own a smartphone, listen to this incredible offer that's almost too good to be true. Right now, you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as $2 a day. Guaranteed for life. Plus, get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline now and we'll move your number from your existing service. Think of your savings. So don't wait. Switch your plan, save money, plus get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline line right now we guarantee you're gonna love our service if you don't like what we say you can hang up on us but you won't right now you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as two dollars a day guaranteed for life call the free smartphone hotline right now 800-475-3351 800-475-3351 that's 800-475-3351 Hi, Randy Travis here, and you're listening to Animal Radio. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Tammy Trujillo. So how far would you go to get your dog back if he or she got lost? Probably to the ends of the earth, right? Well, 24-year-old Kristen Campbell of Morrisville, Vermont, is not giving up on Murphy, even though he's been missing for five months. He took off after Kristen's car went off the road and hit a tree in a mountainous area around the town of Stowe. She let him out after the crash, and he ran away traumatized. Now, Murphy's been spotted several times, but the three-year-old golden retriever runs anytime anybody gets close. Kristen has tried leaving out everything from rotisserie chicken to bacon to dog toys, everything to lure him into animal traps. More than a dozen volunteers, even a psychic, have tried to help with no luck. People all through the area continue to keep an eye out for Murphy, putting out food, checking traps, following up every single lead, and they don't plan to give up until Murphy is home safely. Kristen's grandfather, Ed Hamill, describes Murphy as the best dog in the world. There is not much out there that can make taking college finals fun. But Iowa State University has found a way to make them a little less stressful with a little pet therapy. It actually set up a room at the library, this is so cool, where stressed out students could come in and spend some time playing and patting a bunch of dogs. Each dog is a certified therapy dog, or it has its seal of approval from the Canine Good Citizen program. Now, we don't know if it helped improve any grades on the finals here, but the students said it really did help them chill out between tests. In fact, there was a nonstop line out the door to get a chance to spend time with those dogs. Okay, this is an incredible tale of survival. It deals with a cat named Me Maui and his family, the Barths, were moving from Suffolk, Virginia to Hawaii. Just before they were ready to go, Mimaui disappeared. They actually postponed their move for three days, hoping Miaui would, or Mimaui rather, would show up, thinking maybe she'd gotten out the door as the movers were taking out the boxes and all the furniture and all. They finally had to go. Well, they got to Hawaii. 36 days later, their belongings arrived, and that's when they heard a very faint meow coming from one of the boxes. 
You bet. It was me, Maui, somehow still alive, just barely. That cat had no food, no water, or light for over a month. Mimaui is recovering, but due to rules in Hawaii, she has to stay in quarantine till February. Family is visiting her nearly every day. They're planning a big party when she finally gets to come home. In the meantime, the Barths are alleging that the moving company may have deliberately put Mimaui in the box. They say she was actually inside a taped shut box in the mattress box, which they feel just could not have happened on accident. Whether it was intentional or not, we are so glad Mimaui is going to be okay and that she's with her family. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at Animal radio.com this has been an animal radio news update get more at animalradio.com you're listening to animal radio if you missed any part of today's show visit us at animalradio.com or download the animal radio app for iphone and android it's animal radio of course this time of year we're all coming up with our new year's resolutions Jeez, Gurney is just out of control there. I think she yeah. has some resolutions. She wants to get in. She yeah. wants to get she in. A new Year resolution. I, of course, will be starting my diet. After and you know, the holidays. I got to tell you something. I've noticed this. I don't know if this is true, but I've noticed where there is an obese pet, there is an obese pet parent. And it could be because that pet parent doesn't get out and walk around the block with their animals or uh, they're, they're eating the same food that they're their pets are eating, which could be potato it's, chips. It's a tough conversation to have with a client when you tell them their dog's fat and you look at them and you're like, ooh. <laughs> how, how do you deal with that? I mean, you don't say that or anything. You just... I, I mean, I just focus on the pet and, you know, just try to be compassionate that, you know, some of these are household choices that have led to this. So um, just focus on the pet and this is what he needs for his <laughs> well-being and needs exercise and da, 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 you know, just like people. <laughs> You're so good with people. I want to welcome back Animal Radio correspondent, Dr. Marty Becker. And the topic today is that obese animal and how to keep them, well, not so obese. Doc, welcome back. How are you doing? You know, it's funny when you talk about the veterinary conversation. I wrote a book called Fitness Unleashed with uh, Dr. Robert Kushner from Northwestern University. And he actually found out that people were better at losing weight when they walked with their pets than any other exercise program because yep. they, you know, long after the human family or co-work, Workers or friends, you know, all of a sudden somebody's got a soccer game or somebody's got a music lesson or somebody's sick or somebody's got to work late. That pet never has a better offer. And yeah. so they, what we call nag it alive to get you off the floor and out the door. And, mm-hmm. and, and like she said, when they, when you can tell people, cause they already know they need to lose weight. The, the person does, they've probably been through several, you know, episodes of success and failure and success and failure but when you tell them you know if you get this weight off this pet that it's going to have fewer hip problems heart problems respiratory problems skin problems even a decreased risk of cancer and i and, and plus it's so pleasant i mean you you get to hitchhike on the dog's natural senses you get the splash of vitamin d yep. uh people you know, have as much conversation or contact with people as you can stomach <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'll tell you, I never lost more weight than when I started walking the dog. Yeah, we do that every day. We didn't do that before. Yeah, we feel so much better, and the dog is so much better for it. So, yeah. Yeah, not, it, just doesn't, it just doesn't, uh, it's not good just for their body, but good for their mind. I mean, to get them out, to, there's the veterinary behaviorists say, you know, a, a tired dog is a happy dog. And a tired dog that doesn't have that boredom, that's a whole other piece of, of keeping them fit. But 
You know, sadly, if you look at the numbers from the Association for Pet Obesity Prevention, it still keeps climbing every year. It's up to 56% of America's pets are overweight or obese. And they're like little tubby time bombs ticking away their health. And I I could honestly tell you, I wish we had, one of these days we'll have to do a a truth, you know, a truth thing here, or the truth thing where I hold my pets up and you see them. But we've got a golden retriever, a lab pit mix, and two canine cocktails, and they weigh exactly Mm -hmm. the same within you know, a third of a pound of what they weighed at one year of age. Wow. So they're all, they're all lean. Mine are too. And you know that I think that's a great point because people always say, oh, they got fat after they got spayed or neutered. And you don't, <laughs> they don't have to. It's, it's how you raise them and how you feed them. Every veterinarian will tell you, mo- most of the people that have an overweight pet think they're the ideal body weight because there's no bikini season for dogs. They don't try to get into, you know, the swimming suit for a Caribbean vacation or last pairs of denims, you know. So they look at it and they think, oh, he's fluffy. He's got a lot of hair. <laughs> and uh, and then you do the simple test of feeling their ribs. You know, you should be able to feel their ribs with a light. Yeah, what is that test? Well, there's three things we look at as a veterinarian. And, and it's more than, you know, all of us, we can pretty much size it up when it walks in the door, or limps in the door, if you know what I mean. But yeah. if you want to get... Uh, get technical, we look at three things. We, we f- look for a light layer of fat over the ribs so you can still feel the ribs. Uh, if you look at them in profile, you look for a tucked abdomen so that there's an indentation at the waist so it looks somewhat like a wasp, not a cylinder, not a, just a solid cylinder of lab pit bull cross, you know, that's a tube. And when you look at them from above, an aerial view, you see an indentation at their waist so it has a, a definite waist like, a, like an hourglass. In some dogs, it's easier to see than others, but, you know, like that definite waste uh, on, a, on a smaller dog is easier to see. But those are the three things you can see at home, and the, no veterinarian charges weight checks. You know, a veterinarian would come in any place you wanted to go. If you wanted to come in and have them look and see if your pet's overweight or obese, that's, a, that's typically a complimentary service. And then they can tell you how to get the weight off. How It's typically about 1.5% a week, so it's almost like weight. It's exactly like Weight Watchers in humans almost. Is you can't what, what do you mean one and a half percent a week? I don't understand. Of, of their body weight. So okay. if, this pet, if this pet weighed 30 percent, let's say it's 30 pounds and it should be 20 pounds. That 30 pounds, you can take off one and a half percent of 30 pounds per week about. So it's not, it's not very much. You know, it's like, okay. you think of that, it's like, you know, four tenths of a pound or something it could lose. And, uh, and then, so maybe in, in the course of one month, that's 1.6 pounds it loses. So if we needed to get down, it might take four to six months to get the weight off. But the lucky thing is, if you only get a third of the weight off, you get most of the benefit. So you don't have to get down to 20 pounds. If you get down to 26 pounds, uh, you get most of the benefit. You know, that that's a good thing, is all of a sudden the pet is jumping back up on the couch and going up the stairs again and rising to its feet and is more energetic. This it's is- not that hard to do. Our horses are at their ideal body weight. I've got three of the four cats I have are at their ideal body weight. I have one that's not, uh, but not, it's not gross. It's, it's overweight, but not obese, but it's, you know, you don't have to have them. You, you adjust how much they eat, what kind of, cause I give our pets all sorts of treats, but it's calculated into how much they get. Uh, we've had these talks about using food puzzles, which I'm such a fan yeah. of that, uh, not just feeds their mind, but their body. And uh, it's not that hard to do. No, our biggest drawback was that free feeding, you know, putting down the bowls and then when they were empty, putting in another. Just making sure there was a food always available. Big mistake for us. 
I still help people say, you know, coming to veterinarian, oh, my dog does really good. You know, it free feeds, it barely eats anything, or it takes a few kibbles away, and then you look at it, and you go through the weight, you know, following its weight along, and it's, you know, it's more than 20% above its ideal body weight, which puts it in the obese category. And I've told this all the time. There's two things you do that are the furry fountain of youth. One is keeping your pet at or near its ideal body weight. And the other thing is some kind of daily oral care, which is probably not going to be brushing. It's going to be some kind of edible chew. It's going to be a, um, you know, uh, oral sealants. It's some of the new things that are available from veterinarians that can actually seal the teeth. But those two things each add about 15% to a pet's life. So... Added together, that's 30% increase in a pet's life and a, and a healthier life at that. Mm. It's that important. All good tips there, doctor. It's always good to see you. Please check out Dr. Marty Becker's website at drmartybecker.com. He's also over at Vet Street and, uh, of course, the Facebook and the Twitter. We have links to all of those over at animalradio.com. Thousands of authors across the country have written books and published them with Page Publishing. If you've written a book, they can help you through the process. Cut through the confusion of the publishing world to make it easy for you. If they decide to publish your book, your work ends, theirs begins. From copy editing and proofing to typesetting and book cover art. Plus, get your book printed, distributed, and sold on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and in bookstores across the country. They even help promote your book. Biography, self-help, mystery, novels, sci-fi, or even a children's book. No matter what genre, Page Publishing can bring your book to life. And don't forget to ask about audiobooks. We do all of this for you. Call today for your free writer's guide packed with tips, tricks, and templates to help you finish what you started. 800-215-6815. 800-215-6815. 800 Belinda, hey Belinda, how are you? Fine, how are y'all today? Good, where are you today? I am in eastern North Carolina. Eastern North Carolina, I love your accent. I love that southern accent. Mm-hmm. How can Thank we help you? Thank you very much. Well, I've got a question regarding an infection that has been reoccurring on my dog. She's a two-year-old flat-coated retriever. Okay. And would start getting little spots on her stomach like fire ant bites. And at first, that's what I thought it was, and just made sure to kill them all and get them gone. But mm-hmm. it would get worse, where she's biting at it and scratching and licking like crazy. Okay. So my vet um, had us try prednisone and given her a Benadryl. And that would clear it up until the prednisone, we would wean her off of it. Mm-hmm. And we tried two rounds with that, and a friend of mine, she has a cocker spaniel with similar problems, and they discovered it was a yeast infection. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I tried some shampoo. I looked it up on the Internet and tried some shampoo, but had a, like, 2% medicine in it. Mm-hmm. And her stomach, it cleared it up. Um, it's been white, no problems whatsoever. The problem now is it won't go away from the skin behind her pads as the okay. foot comes up on the leg. And someone mentioned food. She had been eating Benefil, and they okay. recommended a premium 
but she's still licking and biting at them, and the and okay. the fur's gone. Uh, Labradors, of course, are my love, <laughs> um, but they are uh, definitely um, a lot of these retrievers, man. They really have these skin problems. And a couple things you said really kind of like little exclamation points were going up in my head as you were saying that. One is that some of her signs did improve with uh, prednisone, which is a steroid, helps a lot with types of allergies and inflammation problems. So. Um, yeast is a certain problem that can happen on the skin, but it isn't commonly a single issue, meaning that yeast comes along for the ride along with something else. And it's very possible that your baby has some su- sort of seasonal and or food-related allergy. So mm-hmm. definitely my first thought is not that I'm going to bash Beneful because you know, it certainly has its place. But mm-hmm. for a pet who has these suspicious signs, I would go a little bit more than just a special food that you pick up at PetSmart, I talked to your veterinarian about getting on a hypoallergenic diet. Um, There's lots of different ways we can manage this, um, but it's very important to get on a food that's very restricted either in the types of ingredients, uh, what we call a novel protein or novel ingredient diet, Mm -hmm. or to go to a hydrolyzed protein diet. And we need to go to that for about eight weeks to see if we see improvement in the overall skin condition. That would be one thing that I'd say is a must for your dog. The other thing is that, you know, I would like to find out more about when these little plaques and these little things are on the skin and look at that under the microscope and see. If we do have yeast and we do have maybe even bacteria there, then I would tackle things also in another direction, not just with a shampoo, but in many cases we'll have to add an oral medication along with that. And some pets with yeast infections, we can just bathe bathe and bathe in a bathe cycle and keep that going, but not really get to the heart of it. And mm-hmm. yeast, if anyone who has a athlete's foot knows, can take a long time to treat. So anything we can do to help speed that along, and that would include adding an oral anti-yeast medicine into the mix of things. So if that is appropriate for your pet, then I would certainly do that in addition to the, uh, maybe it's a ketoconazole-based shampoo that you may have been using. Yeah, um, yeah that's uh, that's pretty typical. So that might be something else. Um, but I think really the food trial with a hypoallergenic diet and then finding out if we do in fact have yeast or bacteria there and then seeing if we can get around that and uh, um, you know get, ar- get around the right medications for that. So. Okay, well, I appreciate it. Thanks for your call, right. Belinda. Thank you. Hey, it's Vinny Penn, your resident party animal, coming to you on Animal Radio. Friend of mine just uh, got a new dog after his passed away, uh, his loyal sidekick for many, many, many years. I knew he was going to bounce back fairly quick. For, for me, it, you know, it, it took some time. Um, but he's went and got a rescue dog, which uh, several people I know have done lately, and I just think this is a wonderful program. And he showed me picking out the dog he had filmed on his cell phone as he was going to the area where all of the rescue dogs were, and they were being led into this one area at the same time. And for those of you, there's no one listening to animal radio who doesn't know what a rescue dog is. It was great for me to learn about. It wasn't something I learned about until a few years ago, and a lot of people probably don't know. So for those of you who may not know, Dogs who are, you know, taken out of a bad situation 
uh, or taking out of really quote, no situation at all. So you're you're essentially you're rescuing a dog. This isn't you going and looking in the newspaper and finding a new litter and waiting the subsequent two weeks to bring home an adorable little puppy. This is a dog that's been through something. So um, rescue dog, just a great situation. Rescue pet. But he showed me the videotape of the dogs being led into the area. And uh, it was quite comical because all these dogs kind of come running in. I'm like, oh, show me which one. He's like, not yet, not yet. And then in the end, there's just this one that comes in real kind of slow, like, these guys are no fun and I'm bored by all of them. Um, But okay, we're going to get let in, see who gets picked today. And I said to him, well, why did you go... Is he old? And he's like, no, I just wanted one that was mellow, man. I just wanted one that was mellow. And uh, every phone call that I've had with him since, the the footage was hilarious. I saw it over the holidays. Every phone call I've had with him ever since, at one point during the call, I hear, will you stop? Please stop chewing that. And I think, uh, I actually say, uh, not as mellow as that uh, cell phone video suggested, is he? But nonetheless, uh, Verbeek has found a home. And uh, rescue pets. Take it from me, Vinny Penn, for Party M on Animal Radio. Hi, I'm Charlotte Ross on Animal Radio. Please remember to spay and neuter your pets. Thousands of authors across the country have written books and published them with Page Publishing. If you've written a book, they can help you through the process. Cut through the confusion of the publishing world to make it easy for you. If they decide to publish your book, your work ends, theirs begins. From copy editing and proofing to typesetting and book cover art. Plus, get your book printed, distributed, and sold on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and in bookstores across the country. They even help promote your book. Biography, self-help, mystery, novels, sci-fi, or even a children's book. No matter what genre, Page Publishing can bring your book to life. And don't forget to ask about audiobooks. We do all of this for you. Call today for your free writer's guide, packed with tips, tricks, and templates to help you finish what you started. 800-215-6815. That's 800-215-6815. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Hey, hey, this hour, actress Silva Kelegi... Kalegian. Kalegian? Is that how we pronounce it? Kalegian? Kalegian. She'll be on with us in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. I've gained a little weight over the holidays, and, you know, we have... It's that time of the year where we're all thinking about that, right? Yes. What is it? Uh, It's after all the holiday food and cheer. Yeah, we all say that. No, not thinking about it. That's not even a resolution (laughs) for you, Joey, huh? Not thinking about it. Not this year, huh? Old and fat, and I accept it. You're really not old. Oh, nice. yeah, okay. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, I slid right into that one. That's okay. You know what they say about paybacks, my friend. It's uh, you know we're all hypocrites here because I have fallen into it. We're constantly telling you to, to keep your animals thin and you know shapely so that they don't have leg problems or other issues down the line. But yet you walk into our studios, you'll see uh, at least two cats that most veterinarians would say are tubby, overweight. 
Mm-hmm. Pushing the scales. Yeah, so, you can say it. He, fat. Say fat. it. They're, you they're can fat. say it. They're, they're really fat. <laughs> they're fat. They're fat. So it's it's like the carpenter's closet or the shoemaker's shoes. So. Yeah. But we're working on it. We've decided to get rid of that whole free feeding thing. Yep, we're changing yeah. our ways. Changing fat. our ways. Fat. I was milking the one the other day. I thought you brought a cow into the um, <laughs> oh. studio. Hey, Mike. How are you? Hey, hi. Good. How are you? I got a question for uh, Dr. Debbie. She's right here. All right. Hey. <laughs> I recently got a dog about a year ago from a uh, rescue shelter. I believe it's part Rottweiler, part Basset Hound. It's not concoction, but it's pretty cool. Anyway, okay. it's, it's real timid. I mean, uh, even we've had it for uh, almost a year now, and it's real timid. And uh, like it'll go outside, and then it'll come knock on the door to one in, and uh, you go to let it in, and it'll just run away, you know. And it's really scared. And I just didn't know if there's anything that I should do or need to do to help relieve some of the stress on this dog because I can just see that it's really scared and I just hate to see it go through something like that. Yeah, well, definitely. I mean, you mentioned one thing already is uh, exercise, physical activity. That is definitely something that I like to do to dispel some of that energy and some of the nervous energy. So that would be something very important, getting on a running program. Uh, well, I guess a basset hound. If I'm picturing those legs, maybe we're not going to be the best runner, but some other activity, ball playing, uh, fetch, something like that. And then we're going to talk about some of the different things behaviorally that you can do. And basically for a fearful dog, what we need to do is look at what in their environment scares them. Is it sights, sounds? Is it everything, uh, people, um, other animals, you name it. And we really want to look at what those triggers might be. Then what we're going to try to do is, in the meantime, we're going to avoid some of those scary things while we can, and we're going to try to teach confidence. So we're going to train those basic commands. I always go back to the basic things, leash training, sit down, stay calm, um, and then throw in some fun things like shaking, give paw. We're going to work on those behaviors, and when we're faced with something scary, we're going to try to practice those uh, skills instead of be af- being afraid of a car driving by or a hot air balloon going overhead, and we practice those and give the dog something else to do, and we have to schedule this as a training session. So it's something you got to work on. Spend a lot of time um, every day focus on practicing those training behaviors and trying to get past some of the fearful stuff. Now, you may need to see about if, if our fears are pretty overwhelming, we've got a lot of issues, I'll often throw some behavior medicine into the mix to help facilitate this. So um, there's a lot of different options out there. Um, Prozac, believe it or not, I use that quite a bit for dogs and cats. Um, other ones will be Clomacalm, Amitriptyline. Some of those can really help us make the pet relax a bit, be more trainable, and help them cope uh, with those fears. You can't rely on the medicine alone, so you got to do the whole stuff together. And many times I will advise a um, on-the-ground trainer to assist um, as we try to develop a training program for the pets. And then the other thing I always like to throw in, it's easy, it's simple, it's not a medication, is a pheromone product, a doggy collar that has the scent hormones that exude a kind of relaxing sensation to the pet. That can help when we're dealing with some of these phobias, but we can't use it, again, by itself. Use it all together, kind of hit them with everything, if you will, and and try to work through that. And then the number one thing that I'll say, Mike, that a lot of people do is we perpetuate the behaviors. So when your pet is scared or fearful, the last thing you want to do is say, oh, it's okay, it's all right, come by daddy, because you will be 
you will be making that worse. You are giving positive reinforcement for fearful, scared behavior. And that becomes, well, that's my expected response. That's what dad wants me to do. So you have to stop that cycle on your end and only reward powerful, confident behaviors. Those sit down, give me your paw, shake, follow me on this leash. And we're going to work through that confidently. And you exude confidence, he'll pick up on that. And then don't give in to the, the cowering, fearful behavior. Give that a so shot there, that sound? Well, thank you very much. Uh, that, that all will help, and uh, yeah, I just hope we get through this. He's a great dog, and uh, I want to want to get him so he's not so stressed. Oh, you'll get through it. You'll both get through it. Let us know if you need to uh, uh, reconsult again with the doc. You can also email us during the week, your voice at animalradio.com. All of our addresses, everything over at the website, which is a bevy of resources, if I haven't told you recently, including uh, coupons for some of the favorite products that you get for your pet right now, as well as a forum, some frequently asked questions, adoptable pets. You always say, I'm not going to adopt a pet, and then you look at the pictures and say, oh, that's so cute. But there are a lot yeah, of pictures. Pass you them can, up. Yeah. Also, if you're looking for a veterinarian you can look for a certified veterinarian up there and listen to old shows over at animalradio.com did you think the internet was going to take off doc i didn't i came in when the internet was kind of already there i'm just it's the whole social networking i'm not quite with it you're a young pup i i like to think i am but i'm still kind of old in my ways so i'm resisting the iphones and the social networking things so i'm still getting there let's go to the phones okay that's a good idea which one line four hey robert how are you I'm fine, thank you. Well, how can we help you today? Well, I have an eight-month-old eight uh, miniature pincher female, and she went into heat about two months ago. Okay. And uh, it didn't seem to go away. Oh, okay. What's she, what's she doing right now? Well, she seems to be normal, but her uh, nipples and her female part didn't, didn't go down. Still okay. swollen. And is she acting differently in any way? Any different behaviors? Not that I notice. Okay. Because in some cases, um, normal heat in dogs hormonally can last about a month. You know, a lot of times we'll just see the external changes, which can last for maybe a week or two weeks. But we know the hormone cycle really goes for at least a good month. So if that's continuing beyond that, there's a couple thoughts that I'd have. You know, some dogs can go into a false pregnancy where they can have some behavioral changes where they actually act like they're pregnant. They may nest and they will still have, you know, they can even produce milk, believe it or not. So those kind of things can happen, although we do see in some young dogs, we can see uh, a change called split heats, and that's basically where they kind of go into heat, and then they go into heat again later down the road, and that may not be for maybe two weeks to even three months later, where they'll have a second aspect to that heat. So some of that could be going on, and if it is that, that usually kind of goes away as they get older, but I have a great solution for you. And I would say spay this girl because it will stop the concerns. It'll put those little mammary areas down to normal size. Um, the vaginal area return to normal. Um, so as far as unless she's really a dog that we're talking about getting bred, um, I'd say we can fix that very easily and, and get this girl fixed, if you will. Um, and what did you say to do? Spay her. Well, spay her. Well- that would be that be the number one thing I would really recommend to do um, because... An, there's really, with uh, a lot of the dogs that are at their shelters, there's no reason that I'd advocate breeding a dog and really having to go through all this reproductive uh, will 
uh, stuff along the way. Now, if you were going that road, you know, and you were really determined that she's going to be bred, um, this type of problem at this point in a young dog, I don't panic on that. Um, it may work itself out. And as long as, you know, she's not getting pregnant, um, then um, I would see how each subsequent heat comes along. But in my medical side, I just can't advocate to, to continue breeding animals, and especially as we're talking about puppy mills and pets being euthanized at shelters. Um, it's really a, a, something that I think is very uh, important for the individual. Doesn't pet a spayed dog live longer? They do. And, well, the big thing also is we really guard against some of the real common problems like mammary cancer. A, a female dog that never goes through heat, if we spay them, we can avoid breast cancer and make that risk 0%. If each heat cycle, that risk does go up until a couple years of age. So um, it's a really imperative reason why I'd encourage you to get this baby, uh, you know, get her taken care of, get her spayed. Well, that, well, that's the plan, but we wanted her to get about a year old and have one litter and then have her spayed. Well, in, in that certainly your choice as a, as a pet owner, but I can tell you medically there's no sound reason to let a dog have a heat or to have a litter. It doesn't necessarily make her a better pet, not going to make her healthier in the long run, and basically you're just adding to the extra pups um, out there. So um, I, I'm looking at her health and being an advocate for her health, and I'd say that she will be a, a happy, healthy dog without ever going to, through a, a pregnancy. So food for thought. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Does your dog ignore you? Does he just sit there when you call his name? Well, there's a possibility he doesn't know his name. Seems obvious, but it's not when you think that both of you speak a different language, and a lot of the time, owners combine the dog's name with a command, leaving the dog to think his name could possibly be, Toby, get out of that garbage right now. Experts say dog training for names should start when you first bring the dog home, but it's never too late. Teach your dog his name by saying his name and giving him a treat or a toy. His name should always be a positive thing, and experts advise not combining the name when reprimanding him. Within a week, you should get the respect you've been missing from a very attentive dog. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. How would you like to save money on nearly all your prescription drugs? We've set up a special toll-free number for the RX Outreach Program. They're a nonprofit company whose mission it is to make prescription drugs more affordable to the masses. They don't take insurance, and in many cases, your prescriptions are even cheaper than your co-pays. They carry thousands of different prescription drugs, so whatever you're taking, there's a good chance they have it. No coupons are required, and this is not a discount card. It is pure savings on your prescription drugs. They specialize in generic meds for any chronic health needs you have. Call with your prescription and find out for free how little you can pay for your prescription drugs. Remember, we don't take insurance, so call right now. 800-689-0143-800-689-0143-800-689-0143-That's 800-689-0143 You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. 
Hi, Amy. Yes. How are Hello. you doing? What's on your mind, Amy? Well, I have a cat. She's 13 years old, and she's been recently diagnosed as a diabetic. But in early October, she started using her litter box inappropriately. Um, okay. She would use it. Um, she would use it properly for. We're on the radio, so I guess I'll say number one. But number two wasn't making it in the box. So in September, she had had a physical, and everything was fine. All her blood work was fine. But I talked to my vet, and we were doing, we tried new boxes, new litters, new locations. And eventually, I took her to the vet, and she was diagnosed as a diabetic. Okay. Yeah, at that same time. That was when all this was happening. Right. And so now she's on a new diet. She's on uh, DM management. She also now is on Lantus two times a day, and her legs were weak. She had, she had a neuropathy, but they're starting to get stronger. And okay. in the meantime, we've, we've moved the box. It was upstairs, but we brought it downstairs because we wanted to encourage her to use it. We've also noticed that her stools were harder, so we tried um, we used pumpkin and fiber and cream to help um, okay. rule out any pain and strain. But where my puzzle comes in is she traveled and I took her backup box with me, and she used the box appropriately. But as soon as I returned home, I thought, great, maybe this is the reset I need. So I took away the downstairs box to see if she would use the upstairs box. She was not, she was out of sorts, so I gave her the downstairs box back. But the inappropriate number two is, is still there. Okay, so the, she's using the downstairs box, and she is pooping in that? No. She's using no. the downstairs box, but only for, for number one, she's pooping outside the box downstairs. Okay. Is it in the vicinity of the box, kind of like a near miss? <laughs> it's not a miss, but it's in the vicinity. It's not, a, it's not an, an accidental miss. It's an intentional. Because she'll get in and pee in the box and then step out. So, and then if, with the box upstairs, is she using that for both functions? She's not using that box at all, even though she, she does go upstairs now again. She started going back up the stairs. Her legs are doing better, but she mm-hmm. doesn't use that box. When you mentioned the diabetic uh, neuropathy, for, for those that might not know what that is, yeah. um, pets with diabetes, when they have the diabetic problem first diagnosed, um, the high blood sugars um, re- result in a problem with the function of um, the nerves to the extremities, to, to the legs. So basically, with cats, what often happens is they walk kind of flat-hocked, so on their ankles. So they kind of walk flat-footed on the back feet, and it's not painful, um, but it's just things aren't quite working right. And it's actually one of the ways many cats are diagnosed um, as diabetic. Dogs can do this the same uh, manner where they're weak in the back end. And um, with kind of having that timing of the diabetes at that time, that really complicates um, you know, how we can interpret her lack of using that litter pan because... Uh, for a cat that um, maybe is having some weakness and uh, is avert has an aversion to the litter pen, we really have some troubles because there might be some kind of psychological association with uh, not feeling good being near this box and having some triggers like that. So in what I would probably do, and I know you said you tried a lot of different areas and things, um, in many cases I will add multiple boxes within the same vicinity um, to try to offer alternate locations. And for an older cat, 
um, a lot of times, even if we don't notice it outwardly, they can have arthritis-related problems. So throw that on top of a diabetic neuropathy, and you've got, you know, potentially problems actually kind of getting into the box comfortably. And, uh, you know, all it takes is one bad, or bad experience going to the box where they have pain, where there's discomfort, something startles them, and that can really set up for an aversion for further use down the road. So um, I would make sure we're using either very, very low pans um, or even just um, you know, cut away some of the part of the side of the litter pan. It's a mess. It's nasty to deal with to clean up, but that can help make some accommodations for these older kitties who, who really can have some aches and pains and some difficulties. It's, it's kind of like we almost have a, you know, a little bit of a handicapped kitty we have to accommodate for right now. So I would make sure we do that. And, um, you know, making sure that we're getting our diabetes as, as regulated as we can because it takes a long time for this neuropathy to really turn around. Um, and, and then we could even consider trying um, some pain remedies for, you know, maybe some um, arthritis-related problems because that can make a difference and give them a little bit more get-up-and-go and getting into the litter pan more readily. What kind of remedies are those? Um, for some cats, we'll try glucosamine. Um, cats are kind of st- tough when it comes to pain remedies because there's a lot we can't use too easily. They're very sensitive uh, for some of the doggy pain relievers. Um, so I usually start with a glucosamine supplement for kitties. And um, then beyond that, there are some pain uh, medications. They're more of an opiate pain medicine. Um, because she's diabetic, there's some other medicines that are kind of on the back shelf that we can't even really pull out for use for her. But I would really see about maybe a glucosamine supplement and then, um, you know, trying to make some either cutouts in that litter pan um, or just throw in the, the full gamut of litter um, off- offerings in that vicinity for her. Well, but let me ask you about the glucosamine because that, I've looked into that, and that's uh, chicken-based, and she is sensitive to that protein that comes from chicken. Yeah, so- and... You might be able to, it might take a little looking, and I can't say that I've honestly looked at the composition and where a lot of these um, proteins come from if she has, say, a chicken allergy or beef allergy. Um, but we may be able to find something in a more of a liquid-based formulation. Um, you know, it's harder to get things in cats than other other animals, but that might be something we can really try. Um, so, um, you know, I'd maybe talk to your veterinarian and see if there are some uh, products that they can recommend in your area that might be helpful. But... I would uh, give that a whirl because nobody likes the poop miss in the box. That is something that is uh, tough for any kitty owner. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio. Give me a call if you have a medical question. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Happy Holidays from your friends at Fido Friendly Magazine. The fall-winter issue is available now for your dog to sniff out all the great Fido Friendly hotels and great products to set all tails wagging. This is the must-have issue of the year, so subscribe today at FidoFriendly.com. Make this a gift for an additional $10 for your Fido-loving friends and have a Fido fabulous holiday. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Tammy Trujillo. This seems kind of weird, but Falcons are now welcome passengers aboard Lufthansa Airlines. Falcons are now allowed in the main cabin in what's called a specially designed Falcon Master Tray that keeps the birds from messing on the cabin walls, the seats, and carpets. So why Falcons, you ask? 
Well, I did too. It apparently is an effort by Lufthansa to try and drum up business in the Middle East, where apparently a lot of people have pet falcons. <laughs> Many airlines, of course, do allow domesticated animals on board, like cats and dogs, even birds. But airlines like United, American, and Delta all prohibit the carriage of poultry or birds of prey, which, of course, a falcon is a bird of prey, so they can fly on Lufthansa. If you have not seen the video in this next story, you got to go online and check it out. This is so cool. There is a site called Break.com, and it stages Prank It Forward events all over the country to help deserving individuals. But earlier this month, they set one up for the employees and animals at the Kentucky Humane Society in Louisville. Comedian Tom Mabel went in and told the people at the front desk that he wanted to make a donation of some items for the animals. Well, they said, great, bring it in. And in comes a seemingly endless line of people bringing in thousands of dollars of pet food, treats, toys, kitten milk formula, cat litter beds. I mean, basically, they filled up the entire lobby, and they were followed by 10 people from a nearby groomers who bathed and spruced up every single dog in the shelter. It was a really great day for the animals, but an even better one for one little terrier mix, because the host of the show fell in love with him and took him on home. Now, here's a mystery. How did four-year-old bulldog Cooper end up 1,500 miles from home? Nobody knows. And he doesn't seem to be any worse for wear from the trek from his home in Florida to New Hampshire. Two women found him walking the streets in Salem, New Hampshire, a scan at the local shelter, and, well, thank goodness, Cooper did have a microchip. His guardian, Julie Shields, got a call about her missing bully, and it's not the first mystery in Cooper's life. He showed up out of the blue on her doorstep in Naples, Florida, a year and a half ago. She tried to find out where he'd come from. Nobody claimed him. So she got him microchipped and she kept him. A national charity called Kindred Heart Transport has stepped in to get Cooper back home to Florida. Maybe he'll stay there this time. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. You know what's funny is I'm filing my nails, too. Yeah, I just want to set set the scene in the studio. (laughs) Is is it okay if I set the scene in the studio for the listeners? Because they probably can't imagine us sitting around all uh, behind our microphones. You have your hand in, like, what? Aluminum foil. I have no idea why. (laughs) Joey's filing his nails over there. You have a Pepsi Pepsi one in your left hand there. And I'm texting away. (laughs) What is it? What's with the foil, anyway? Do you get better reception or what? No, no, it does look a little like Edward Scissorhand like, but you know it helps. You put the uh, soak of the um, nail polish on, and it helps to. You have to keep it kind of occluded, so you know it's not evaporating in air. And it leaves you leave it there for at least ten fifteen minutes before you take the polish off. That's so, so weird. I don't, you know, I don't. I've never seen polish on your hands. Uh, this is a woman thing, you know. And although Joey, hey, I'm sorry, you know, it's good to take care of your nails. So it's not a woman thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, Joey's the groomy. Take care time. of my nails. It is uh, time for our hero of the week. Very excited to welcome to the airwaves actress Silva. <laughs> you know what's funny is Silva. We spent the morning researching how to pronounce your last name. I'll help you out. It's Kalegian. 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 Yes, it reads like Kalegian, but it's Kalegian. Judy came running into the studio. No, that's not the right way to pronounce it. And I was so I was all thrown. Kalegian. Kalegian. Well, how are you doing today? 
I'm great. How are you doing? Very well. You know, I, I wanted to, for listeners that don't know anything about Silva, she was in uh, Cold Case in Southland, Desperate Housewives, uh, Spider-Man, uh, Big Love. I can't even remember all the things that you've been in. But you have turned towards the animals an about face, and you are helping them like nobody's business. You've actually written a book, God Spelled Backwards, The Journey of an Actress, Into the World of Dog Rescue. What have you been doing with your life, Silva? <laughs> well, um, you know, what happened was basically I'm an actress, and actress, the actress world can be very self-involved. And I hit a, hit a brick wall one day, and I said, I, I have to do something to give back. And so I split my attention, half, half acting and half rescuing animals. And it's been about 10 years now. I've rescued over 500 dogs, and hence the book, because I had so many stories and so much information about the world that I wanted to share, about the world of rescue that I wanted to share with the world to educate, entertain, but also to enlighten people about what really is going on out there and how much need there is. And what, that's why I wrote the book. What was my, the first dog? a little scratchy. I closed in a hit play last night called Night Mother, and I haven't had much sleep, so I sound a little scratchy today. <laughs> But, oh, you uh, sound great. It sounds sexy. Yeah, very manly. <laughs> what uh, What was the first dog? Who was the first dog that came in and that just changed it all for you? Her name was Sammy, and I adopted her in New York, and she basically opened my eyes to to animals, and I started to see animals in need and thought, my God, if she was in need, I, I couldn't bear it. So everybody became her. All the other animals just became her. It wasn't just... I have to take care of my animal. I, I saw the need in others and thought, well, now, now I have to take care of them, too, because if, God forbid, she were in need like that, I would want someone to help her. And that's really how it happened. And when I came out, I was in New York when I adopted her, and then I moved to Los Angeles. And in between acting jobs, I wanted something to do to, to be fulfilling, and so I started volunteering at a rescue group. and. That's how I got involved in this world, because living in Los Angeles is kind of like a third-world country when it comes to the animals. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of animals living on the streets every day and thousands and thousands being killed in the shelters every day. Now, you, and, don't, you don't just talk the talk. You're actually out there spending your time and your own money doing this? Absolutely, yeah. I've, I've spent uh, a lot of time <laughs> in the last 10 years, and... Many thousands of dollars, um, you know, fixing, medically, spaying, neutering, boarding until I can find them homes. I never brought, you know, we have our own three dogs, and, and we, have, uh, we have a very sane household, and I wanted to keep it that way. So I would find fosters or put the dogs in boarding, which costs money, obviously, until I found them the right home. And then I would fix them and ship them and get them all their shots and do home checks to make sure they were in the proper home and that the home was safe and that they would be living indoors as a family member not in the backyard like so many people have their pets, which I don't believe in at all. Um, so it's, it's, it's taken, it, it's, it's, it's the reason I was able to write this book is because uh, I wanted to impart this information to show the great need and that people can help too. There's so much need out there that anybody can help in some way, even if it's telling your neighbor to bring your dog in at night or to fix their animal or there's just, we can all do so much to help. Mm. In the book, you have good stories, and you have some kind of, well, I mean, when I say bad stories, I mean, they're just not, the story is just kind of shocking, you know? You you let a lot of people know what's going on there in Los Angeles. Yeah. Tell us some yeah. of the things that we just don't really know immediately off the bat. Yeah, because, I mean, I think the statistic is 28,000 dogs every day are living on the streets here, uh, and they're not 
wild dogs. They're dogs that people have uh, taken in and then let loose and not fixed, and so other dogs are born. And, and I, In Sun Valley, I rescued 45 dogs out of a landfill. People had Jeez. dumped them there, and the, uh, probably originally five were dumped there that weren't fixed, and then the just procreating just happened from there. And so there are pockets of places around town where there are more dogs on the streets than others. Um, but, you know, I spent years just driving around in one neighborhood, um, not years in the neighborhood, but uh, a couple of weeks in that one neighborhood, and I got 21 dogs off the street. Wow. So it's there's just, you know, and then there's the shelters. You can adopt, get a dog from a shelter, because if you people would stop buying puppies from pet stores, then puppy mills would hopefully eventually go out of business, because the puppy mills are where the dogs are being kept in cages and bred and bred and bred and bred. So besides all this lovely information in the book, <laughs> um, there's also some hopeful, I think, you know, it's hopeful. There's a, lo- there's a lot of people out there trying to change things right now. A lot of animal lovers, a lot of people spending their time and money like I have over the years really trying to, to change things. And I think the more awareness the better our world will become in the future. That's what I'm hoping. I'm so glad to see that from you, and always from actresses and actors who, well, you know, we're all, all of us in the in the entertainment industry are a little bit narcissistic. I mean, that's part of why, what makes us do what we want to do. So w- when we go out and we help the animals like this, you doing this, it serves as a, a phenomenal example for everybody. Not, well, not just celebrities, but all kinds of people. Yeah, everybody, all of us can do this. And even if it's not animals, it's helping your neighbor. It's just something, to do something to better our world, I think. is If we all did that, boy, what a great world we would be living in, that's for sure. I have five copies of your book to give away. This, uh, this would make a great present. I'm telling you right now. God spelled backwards the journey of an actress into the world of dog rescue. The author and actress with us, Sylvia Collegian. Very Collegian good joining us. <laughs> And if, you, if you're not lucky enough to get through to pick up the book, head on over to Amazon, or uh, you can head to her website, which is, of course, and I'm going to spell this out, because it is tough, S-Y-L-V-A, her first name, last name, K-E-L-E-G-I-A-N.com, and of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. Silva, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Lovely to talk to you, and thanks for being out there. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. How would you like to get a free smartphone? If you own a smartphone, listen to this incredible offer that's almost too good to be true. Right now, you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as $2 a day. Guaranteed for life. Plus, get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline now and we'll move your number from your existing service. Think of your savings. So don't wait. Switch your plan, save money, plus get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline line right now we guarantee you're gonna love our service if you don't like what we say you can hang up on us but you won't right now you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as two dollars a day guaranteed for life call the free smartphone hotline right now 800-475-3351 800-475-3351 that's 800-475-3351 You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Today we're doing our nails in the studio. I have no idea what influenced (laughs) this. It's the first time it's ever been done. 
and uh, apparently, well, the first time it's ever been done by all of us in the yeah. studio but, uh, at the same yes. time. It's like a yes. mass nail doing thing. But we always take care of our nails. Sure, but just we're having a party in the studio. A nail. Hi, Loopy. Hi. How are you guys? Good. Where are you calling from today? Well, I'm uh, calling from Visalia, California. Lovely Visalia, huh? Yes. <laughs> what's What's going on with you? I got the doctor here. So what's going on well, with your baby have, there? Hi. Um, well, I have a three-year-old, uh, three-year-old beagle mix um, dog that I've had for about three years, and I crate trained her from mm-hmm. when she was a puppy. And this month, for some reason, she just completely justifies she's not going to go outside anymore, that she's going to go to the bathroom inside the house, like right in front of her front door, right in the middle of the living room. And mm-hmm. she's been acting uh, very scared um, to go outside. Like some, in the morning, it's very hard to get her to leave her crate. So mm-hmm. sometimes I'll just leave her in the crate for another half hour, then I will see if she wants to come out. And when I've got to go to work in the morning or we've got to go somewhere, I have to coax her out with treats and get her outside and then, you know, kind of trick her outside and then close the door behind her to get mm-hmm. her out there. But if it was up to her this month, I don't think she would go outside at all. And I don't know why why she just suddenly started um, having this behavior before she was a really good dog. She still is a really good dog, except for that she just decided she doesn't want to go outside anymore for some reason. Okay, so she's peeing and pooping by the door? Yes. Well, in the middle, by the door or in the middle of the living area. Okay. And then is she the only pet in the home? No, we have three other dogs. They're all small dogs. Okay. And they've been in the home with her the same time, or are they new to... Yes. They came... um, She actually came after him. I think she was the third dog that we acquired. Okay. And so you're not aware of anything that's recently happened, any changes in the home, anything environmental in the yard that's been changed? Not that I'm aware of. The only big change is that I'm I'm about uh, almost nine weeks pregnant. That's the Mm -hmm. only thing that's changed. Okay. Alrighty. So when she goes outside, what what is the normal pattern for her to go outdoors? Does she have a doggy door? Or do you have to open the door? Is it always the front door she goes out? We have a, a doggy door, and before okay. she used to, you know, in the morning she just bounce right out the door, really happy, go out there, do her business, play around with other dogs. Um, but now I have to open the main door and walk out there and coax her out with treats. Okay. All right. Well, for dogs to do this, there's generally something, some inciting cause for them to have such a negative aversion to going outdoors, especially since she's done this reliably for several years. So Mm -hmm. some of those bad experiences, you know, when I hear a doggy door and dogs that are trained to doggy doors, we always have to be cautious because if there's any perceiving pain that occurs either as they're going through the door or around that time entering the door, um, that can create a very strong uh, deterrent. So for me, I'm going to say as a veterinarian, first thing is make sure she is screened by a veterinarian. Make sure they don't find any causes of pain, um, any orthopedic issues, because very commonly I'll see dogs um, with neck or back pain that they can tweak themselves going through a doggy door and then they never want to go through it. And then it becomes not just a fear of the doggy door, but a fear of the outdoors or going through a, a threshold of some sort. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I've had dogs that will experience fear of going outside from something as simple as, you know, hot air balloons outside or a neighbor's dogs on the perimeter fence or, believe it or not, a really bad horsefly bite, which will cause them to oh. be afraid.
afraid of going to a vicinity in the yard. So we may not know necessarily kind of what started it, but we're going to have to work backwards and try to work on um, getting your dog to be more confident. And um, a lot of that is kind of getting her more comfortable with those little steps. So taking her outside the door and rewarding her. So um, I'm a little bit less comfortable with shutting the door and making her kind of go, ah! Oh my God, what's going on? We want her to have each step of the way. We want to reward or make her feel comfortable with that. Otherwise, we're pushing her beyond where she's comfortable and we're going to set ourselves further back. Um, okay. So use treats, use the other dogs, which you have to, to get her lured outside and make it a positive experience. Praise her along okay. the way and we gradually build up the distance, um, getting to where you want her to go. Now, a lot of times it can be the route that might be the problem. So whether it was the doggy door or, say, the front door, wherever something bad has happened, we can try switching it up. So for some dogs, we might say, let's go out the back door. Um, or maybe if she's good in the car, let's put her in the car, go down the block, go to the park, put her on a leash and walk her back into the yard and see if that same um, behavior, if you notice it or not, because it could just be that relation of leaving the house and going to the potty area um, right. and, and work on that thing. But make sure you do have her on a secure fitting leash and collar when you do this um, and that you'll bring along treats, something to positively reward her when she's showing calm and confident behavior, not wimpy, cowering behavior. You don't want to pet her or give her food in in the course of that kind of behavior because otherwise you're just going to train her to be a fearful, quivering mess. <laughs> does that yeah, make sense? And I, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I've noticed that um, when she does finally get outside and I'll tell her, you know, good girl, Polly, she pees herself a little bit. And I just think that that's just fear or her nervousness. I'm like, oh my God, Polly, what happened? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's it, just kind of a mystery to because she used to be really happy and excited about going outside. But yeah. we'll, do, we'll try those things and try a different route and see, I don't know, maybe something did bite her outside and we just didn't see it. And with with a very kind of nervous dog like this, when you do reward her verbally, just keep the tone of your voice down a bit. So we don't want to be up here, because that can just be a little too exciting. So you want to keep it calmer, positive, but not too, like, in the clouds with your voice. Okay. (laughs) Good luck with that, Lupe. Give us a call back if you need any more help, okay? (laughs) Okay, thank you very much. Have a good day. Okay, well, it's time for us to get on out of here. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here on this fine station. This is Animal Radio Network.